0: Welcome to People Tech, the podcast of the HCM Technology Report. I'm Mark Pfeffer. My guest today is Mark Chaffee, the CEO of Hackajob. The employers and candidates on their platform are all part of the technology business. Their candidates are tech professionals, and the employers have some kind of skin in the technology game. It begs the question, are these folks interested in hack a jobs internal workings, or do they just want a good match? Users, results, and advanced technology. That's what we'll talk about on this edition of PeopleTech. Hi, Mark. It's nice to meet you. Tell me a little bit
1: about hack a Job. What do you guys do? We've built a full-stack solution that are predominantly enterprise organizations to improve every part of the hiring process. So we have a two-sided marketplace that enables companies to directly source talent. And the real magic here is the level of engagement and relevancy of the candidates in the marketplace. So uh, companies get a 90% response rate to talent that they are directly sourcing from our marketplace, which is just far higher than any other sourcing tool you're gonna find in the market. We then have a DEI Insights platform, which is really powerful because 80% of our users self disclose DNI data. We're then able to aggregate that data and play back your hiring funnel at every stage, broken down by gender, ethnicity, neurodiversity, sexuality, disability, veteran status, et cetera. And that's really Kind of shining a light on companies' processes that they often don't have data to. I was speaking to one of the major tech businesses a couple of weeks ago, and they get about 7% of their applications self-disclosing DNI data. So if you can't measure it, very hard to improve it. And we're really enabling companies to measure that kind of DNI performance throughout their process. We then have an employer brand platform that talks to our wider community and enables companies to build more passive. Talent pipeline so we're really trying to build this product stack that impacts every part of the hiring process
0: okay so your community at hack a job is built mostly around tech professionals and um, i'm wondering what's their impression of ai and generative ai and and all of that kind of stuff and you know you've you've got it incorporated into your product so what are you hearing from the users
1: yeah, it's amazing. I actually just I literally just got off our company All Hands, and it was one of the big topics we were discussing in All Hands today as well. I think there's generally a level of excitement of what's happening with generative AI right now. Um you know, you do get the doomers in the in the in the market that will say that, you know, this could be terrible for humanity, it could automate all of our jobs, etc. But I believe if you're any knowledge worker, not just working in tech, you need to embrace these tools. You need to really lean into these tools, and these tools are going to give you leverage in what you do in your day-to-day. Um, so you know it's happening it's getting products are getting built um and you know code is getting shipped with these solutions and so i think there's just generally a level of excitement we've partnered with an organization called mindstone this year to host a number of generative ai hackathons and meetups and honestly i haven't ever seen this level of excitement for a new technology in the 10 years that i've been involved in the in the technology world so our users are really excited about it and i think that any knowledge worker should be really leaning into these solutions
0: i'm flipping it to the other side of the equation could you talk a bit about the inroads that ai's made into you know recruiting and talent acquisition technology and not
1: not just what hack a job
0: has been up to, but what's going on industry-wide?
1: Yeah, I was at lunch with a large customer yesterday, and we were discussing this topic. I think where there's still a lot of fear, and rightfully so, is any automated decision-making happening through AI. Mm-hmm. I think that's going to be the final hurdle and perhaps we'll never even cross that hurdle. And I think that might actually be a good thing. If I'm a TA leader right now, I'd be very sceptical of any solution that's going to take automated decision making. And that's because of the potential bias in the training data sets for these models. I think where we're seeing really positive impact across the industry, I think is a bit like I touched on for developers. How do we give internal recruiters more leverage? So are we enabling the sourcing process to be much, much greater. And where we're really excited is with LLMs, you fundamentally have a new way to match talent to jobs and what you've had before. If you think about so much of matching technology or searching technology and recruitment has been very keyword based and Boolean based. What a lot of these LLMs enable you to do is put context behind the keyword. You know, now a computer can read natural text, communicate in natural text, natural language. And I think that gives a lot of opportunities. So I think you're going to see companies really adopt it in the sourcing world, where they're going to be able to identify talent that they wouldn't do before. And then naturally, there's also some really exciting opportunities in the world of content when it comes to recruitment and employer brand. Both can you build uh, models that learn from your existing employer brand content and make it far easier to produce new employer branding content, um, but also, you know, can we use it to help with DNI from a bias perspective? You know, can we be using some of these LLMs to actually decode bias in job adverts, in in branding materials, and then produce recommendations? So, I the pace of iteration, the pace of innovation right now is incredibly exciting. I think they're the kind of areas where we're seeing companies getting really excited in in the space right now
0: have you seen behaviors change at all um you know among t8 teams in in the last year which which is when the whole ai rush seems to have really started are are they approaching recruiting and their challenges differently
1: I think they're fundamentally challenging the way things are being done. And I think people are looking for insight and hopefully answers. But I think everybody is approaching this in this very fast paced moving world. So we now every conversation I have with a global head of TA, AI is the number one topic that they want to talk about. How is it going to impact my role? How is it going to impact my team? How we should be leveraging it? I don't think there are clear answers to that yet. I think there's a lot of experiments going on, a lot of testing going on. I don't think there is clearly like, this is what a TA team is going to look like that is supercharged with AI. And then there's also the big focus on compliance. We need to bear in mind, the jobs that we all do working in recruitment are very, very important. And we need to make sure that we are building kind of AI safety around these models and making sure that we're not going to end up you know, exaggerating preconceived or pre-existing bias um, in the hiring process. So I think there is also just a lot of work being done by TA leaders, procurement teams to really understand the AI safety behind these models. And I think that might be one of the things that potentially slow us down a little bit in the adoption of some of these tools, which again, given the segment and the sector that we play in, I don't think is necessarily a bad thing. Do you love news about LinkedIn, Indeed, Google, and just about every other recruitment tech company out there? Hell yeah. I'm Chad. I'm Cheese. We're the Chad and Cheese Podcast. All the latest recruiting news
0: and insights are on our show. Dripping in snark and attitude. Subscribe today wherever you listen to your podcasts. We We out. Is this a situation where AI happened to come along at the right time and so is it's able to address a lot of the pressing concerns of recruiters or is this ai appeared and people said oh it can do this and it can do that so let's do this and that and in other words is is ai driving all of this or is there a real
1: need out there that's driving all of this phenomenal question so i want to say a couple of things Firstly. AI has been around for way longer than this last year where we've got really, really excited. Like We've been using machine learning algorithms and and recommendation systems almost since day one of HackerJob. And what really happened was there was a paper that got released around the Transformer model that then created a lot of these LLMs. And really, it's this LLM innovation that's happened over the last year that's got people really excited. I think there's an amazing Steve Jobs quote, which is often how I think about this, which is the end user of your product does not care about the technology you are using to solve their problem. They just care that you solve their problem 10 times better than what they did before. And I think if we think about the last hype cycle it was a lot of blockchain and web free. And I personally never really saw in our world of, of TA and recruitment how that was going to fundamentally make a recruiter's life 10 times easier. I do think what we're seeing in AI is it is being driven by AI. I don't think 18 months ago, recruiters were turning around and saying, oh my God, I wish this solution existed. I think what has happened is the technology leap that has been made over the last 12 months is enabling new solutions to be built, which will make recruiters 10 times more effective. So I think that AI is being applied to solve preconceived problems. Um, But I don't think the problems came first. I think it really is the step change with the, the innovation in AI that's enabling these problems to be solved in completely new ways.
0: Let me ask the same question uh, about candidates. Mostly, I'm interested in, have they changed the way they approach their job search now because they have these new capabilities?
1: Yeah, and there's going to be a lot of challenges here, in my opinion. So we are definitely seeing, and everyone's seeing this in the industry, there's probably two different things that are happening from the job search perspective. There are now tools that will build you a CV based off a job description. So you used to have one CV, and then you might write a cover letter to make it personalized for the job. I think we're going to move into a world where you will have a unique CV for every single job that you apply to, and that will be generated by generative AI. And then obviously the lazy apply uh, kind of thing that's gone very viral of people applying to 5,000 jobs with one click um, is also kind of a dynamic in this world. And what does that mean for companies? It means that they're getting way more inbound applications than what they weren't doing before. But the validity of the data is now really questions. And skills assessments are now going to be really a pivotal part of this process. But how do you ensure your skills assessments are valid? If a candidate is submitting a different CV based on your job description. How do you really know what that candidate is good at? And that's really exciting because I think that that just challenges employers to think differently about how we assess skills, which I think is only a good thing. So we are definitely seeing the generative AI tools make the Candidate job search process kind of easier in a vertical for the candidate. I think we're still waiting to see what that ends up meaning for the overall candidate experience, and you know the ultimate like quality of hire that we end up producing.
0: Not long ago, you launched a tool that uses AI to scan job descriptions for bias, and I'm wondering how should how should users how should employers oversee that tool to make sure that it's accurate and that. Some other unforeseen kind of bias or issues creeping in.
1: We've actually built this into the product. So, what's really special about what we've been able to build is it combines two different elements of HackerJob. As I touched on, 80% of our candidates self disclose their DNI data. So, we actually know somebody's DNI profile. We then use generative AI to decode bias in a job description and make a recommendation to change. Now it is on the end user and there's a lot of controls a company can put in place on that end user to approve or decline those uh, those changes. But then what we will automatically do after a 30-day period is use the self-disclosed data to see actually what changes did this literally have on your acceptance rate from different demographics. So we've already built the safety into the feature where a company after 30 days will be able to see it had a positive impact on this demographic, a negative impact on this demographic it had no impact whatsoever. And is that difference statistically significant? And AI safety is so important in our world. You know, every company I speak to still has really passionate and strong belief in DNI objectives and, and kind of making the workforce more diverse and inclusive, I think there's a really exciting opportunity with AI to do that. But we have to be very, very deliberate in what we're building. And, and joining those two dots together means that companies have a very controlled environment to be able to test this in.
0: Can you take us behind the curtain um, a little bit for a peek? Just how is your platform doing all of this with, with AI? Are there certain distinct approaches? Are you
1: just licensing something like chat GPT? How are you making it happen? So we're definitely using a combination of the LLMs that are already in the market. <clears throat> What's really interesting is different LLMs have different strengths, um, and therefore we can apply and take the best of each of them. But something that's always been very unique about HackerJob is we collect all of our users' data as our own first-party data. So we're not scraping external data sources like a number of the solutions out there. This is all data that candidates give us. And we've now got hundreds of millions of data points on our users where we're able to train our own models. And that's really exciting because actually, if we're just building a wrapper around ChatGPT, there's very little differentiation there. There's very little defensibility in in what we're doing. Being able to build our own models based on our own data set is really where our companies, our customers and our candidates are going to get the most value from what we're building. And we actually took the decision to rewrite our core matching engine based on the step forward that that a lot of these LLMs and, and AI uh, technologies enable us to do and we'll be we've already got customers testing the new products um, and we'll be releasing that in a new year in, in a very very exciting way um, and I think people will be very impressed by what's possible now so it's definitely a combination of using some of the open source LLMs that are out there licensing some of the major LLMs but then also using our own data set to train our own models which will give us a really unique edge.
0: My last question actually just came to me. Uh, and and we're going back to to talk about Hack a Job specifically. Um, I sh- I spent eight years as the managing editor of Dice, and so I'm wondering, what do you think is the difference between Hack a Job and Dice? You're you're both looking for technology candidates. That's your expertise. That's the community you're building.
1: What's the difference? I really think it comes down to the candidate journey. So we built HackerJob in a moment where if you are a software engineer, you get spammed nonstop about mostly irrelevant opportunities. And actually, often when you go and apply for a job directly, you will never hear back. That company just won't ever respond to you. And so what we were able to do with a completely kind of green space or green field architecture was think about how do you place the candidate experience at the heart of what we do and really make what is quite an opaque process for a candidate far more transparent. So how we do that is a candidate onboards onto HackerJob. We capture their job fit data, so stuff like their salary expectations, seniority, visa status, location preferences. They go for a tech screen so we understand what they're really good at and what technologies they want to be using. And that data will then determine, are they relevant for the jobs in our marketplace? If they are, we flip the model. So rather than a candidate applying to a job, the company applies to the engineer which creates this really, really magical experience, and, company, and engineers end up accepting about 70% of the requests that we get. So they, we've completely solved the spam problem for the engineer by actually flipping the model and putting them at the heart of the process, rather, relying, rather than relying on them either just getting inundated by companies that don't meet those requirements or applying for jobs and never hearing back from those companies.
0: Mark, thank you very much. It has been great to talk to you. I'm glad to meet you, and I hope we'll talk again soon.
1: Likewise, Mark. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much.
0: My guest today has been Mark Chaffee, the CEO of Hackajob. And this has been PeopleTech, the podcast of the HCM Technology Report, where a publication of Recruiting Daily...
1: as well as host Veronica Dudo for a podcast known to move the needle for investors. Tobin and I are seasoned Wall Street executives with deep investment experience, and we are prepared to share our advice to those who choose to listen. Download Buy, Hold, Sell today on the Evergreen Podcast Network or your favorite podcast channel. Faith in the news media has been challenged, making it even harder to get stories told.